everyone, listen to me. We've all been deceived. We need to calmly head towards the exit. Run for your life! Welcome to the Banana Bread and Circus Republic with Crispy and Tono, your hosts for the end of the world or whatever we're looking at. We're looking at the reset. Yeah, it's uh, we're gonna be fine, ladies and gentlemen. So strap in and join us to recalibrate the soul as we explore the ether and ethics of our evolution. In the space between spaces, there's an intelligence that guides our values and our judgments, which determines who we are, what we're doing, and where we're going. Follow your nose. And think for yourself. Howdy, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, quick caveat about the quality of the audio in this episode. Um, the recording was not great, and we figured it out quickly. The first 10 minutes or so were a little, you know, squishy. but Very choppy. If, yeah. you, if you bear with us, it's a pretty good episode. Yeah, we hope you enjoy it. Thank you, guys. How you doing, Tono? Good. And you, sir? Not too bad. Not too well, bad. Long time no chat. Yeah. Yeah, been busy with um, lots of things and working on other previous recordings that we've done to put it up there. and um, Life's little hiccups. Mm-hmm. Well, also, like you were saying, progress in that sense of like working towards something. So it's like, you're you're constantly trying to just chip away at little things and trying to be less like intense about no it has to this has to get done right because um yeah i've there's so many other things to worry about that whatever if it gets done it gets done i'm not gonna constantly stress myself out about getting it done as long as you're constantly doing something though like you know you are you're, you know, moving in the right direction towards towards the proper end goal. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a therapy because you're you're constantly having to retweak your approach. Um, in some cases, your attitude towards the uh, the end goal. Um, Whether that's like your exterior workplace or your interior workplace, in the sense of you know. You're you're working, you know, you're creating a physical workspace for your uh, other endeavors. But yeah, you're, it's like the same can be said about you know when you're just working on yourself and your in your mind and your own head, your know, mm-hmm. own mental workspace. Yeah, and recently uh, the wife kind of pointed out that I have to. <laughs> Uh, focus on just one at a time and make sure that this one thing gets done. Just make sure this one piece of it gets done. Because otherwise, if you only start all of them, but you really only have time for maybe two out of the 12, then it's just going to burn you out. 
to try and keep it's like this whack-a-mole and it becomes you know almost instantly overwhelming if you don't kind of triage you know which ones need to go first you know right yeah yeah Yeah. exactly figuring out priorities and then you know taking those priorities and figuring out which are which are the most you know weighty and yeah yeah the most pressing but but how are you doing with this pre- recent time time kind of giving getting away from us not terrible I mean, same same thing trying to work on mm-hmm. you know mostly my interior workplace but uh yeah mm. but also getting back to work physically that's looking forward to that it's a seasonal time of year where you know work slows down for people in the trades or for sure outside anyway Mm -hmm. do you ever try to embrace that introspective process like almost like a respite from whatever else you might be that might be pulling at you or siphoning that energy yeah i try you know it's a that's a moment by moment process as to whether or not you're successful with it though you know the results aren't necessarily as tangible mm. in the moment. Yeah, because we were talking earlier about hope, right? Like being able to embrace and like give yourself the slack that you need to at least give yourself the ability to learn and reflect and allow yourself to forgive yourself in a way too. Like that's what I fucking suck at. Like I, I just there are certain things I won't forgive myself for. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that's what makes good people good people, though. You know, oh well, yeah. I don't know about that. People, but... people that too easily forgive themselves for things mm. aren't the type of people generally that I see what you take mean. Take others into consideration. Yeah, because it's not like I take pride in not being able to forgive myself. It's like a switch that won't shut off kind of thing. Like, I I don't know where the off switch of that is. The off switch of the offing myself off switch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Well, that's a good segue to get into... uh, Parasitic rodents. Fucking parasites. Yeah. Yeah. And parasitism is a word. I just looked it up for you. Nice. Yeah. 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 Sorry, folks. We were just uh, talking earlier about uh, governments. Yeah. Yeah. And what is government, by the way? Well, I mean, there's there's literal definitions and then there's interpretations. Mm hmm. Yeah. And then I've heard it also as the collective body of the people. Like the collective mind body of the people, the body politic, um, the general populace, you know, comparing it to like the beehives. We were talking earlier about how a, how a beehive organize, organizes itself, a bee colony. Yeah. And uh, it's like they can tell the queen to lay somewhere, deceive her to just killing about her business, go ahead and lay wherever, go lay over here, lay over here up in this chamber, secretly behind her back. Uh, they decided to supersede her services and they overthrow uh, that 
And if it's in the right part of the season, that's a colony that may make it through winter. It's not a good sign generally when that happens because um, the, they start, yeah, stinging you a lot more. And mm-hmm. like they get more like frantic and stressed and like they're like, yeah, this isn't working. Um, so it matters. But the, 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 the takeaway that I have from this is it's not the like we have these words like queen, queen bee. It's not the monarchs, the aristocratic, the the elite, the that tip of that pyramid that's upright, uh, hierarchy kind of uh, way that it's a, a hive or a colony organizes itself. It's actually the collective <clears throat> working like class. Actually, it's the workers who make that decision. They're the ones who are in constant communication with what the drones are doing with what each other are doing, with what each other's roles are doing, and with what, uh, especially what the queen does. They tell the queen where to lay. And they can, the queen knows it, that they can actually definitely turn on her. Um, she definitely outnumbered, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I like the types of things like A Bug's Life, where, like, you can get in the, in the, in the perspective of of the very small and like yeah. ant colonies, you how, know, like, how that was broken up, yeah. yeah, and like in a Bug's Life, the movie itself yeah. is like there's that grasshopper or whatever Hopper or whatever his name was, and they like that was a moment too, like that was kind of like the corporate, you know, uh, version of like ants, for example, like ants was more of like that like very totalitarian like presidential like government like leadership that led that, them to yeah, disaster no, that, that's the one i'm thinking of so yeah. there's that one yeah. but then there's a bug's life right. and hopper is like this bully who makes these worker ants uh mine and collect food for their the grasshoppers and the grasshoppers are just you know they're like you know there's there's a lot of them, but not nearly as many of the ants that there are. So the ants like win in numbers in this tremendous like revolution against them. So it wasn't even a war because they weren't even expecting it. You know, beautiful makes, beautiful story. <laughs> makes me think of what I used to do as a kid, and you know, take a take a glass jar and. <clears throat> Get get a bunch of ants from one colony, and then I put a bunch of ants from another colony in it. it was, <laughs> I feel so bad about that now, but I wish I did more of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, to, I to mean, a reasonable degree, it was for science, but <laughs> science—the science of scale. Well, it was, yeah, chemistry. Like, even if even if it was two of the same types of ants, if they were from different colonies, they would not get along. Yeah. yeah, yeah, ants are crazy, man. They will fucking invade. Mm. They can invade. Okay. Like they could wage war against us if they wanted to. They're them are crazy, they dude. Outweighs. Yeah, and I know actually for those listening and interested in things of how to defend yourself against them, Paul Stamets actually he actually has a few patents on, and he at least has one patent on delayed sporulation for a specific. A strain of cordyceps fungi. Oh, the ones that 
the ants. Yeah. It kills it. Yeah. It's like, it's hard to, I don't know specifically the Latin, like specific species of cordyceps that is, but it's a, spe- it's a type of cordyceps that, um, interacts or will, um, be part of, it'll associate itself with this species of fungus will associate itself with, uh, an ant population or ants in general like it'll strike a relationship and that could be parasitic it could be symbiotic it's like there's there's a connection there and this us the ants are aware of this too because when an ant is uh sporulated like when there's spores like when it's infected yeah um there are actually guard ants that will not allow that ant to pass yeah. or go anywhere near the queen yeah. because then the queen could get infected and lay and it completely could, it could be Armageddon for the ants. So, um, but so Stamets actually figured out how to get carpenter ants like from invading your home. Yeah. And like, it's all about like working with fungus. That's it's pretty dope. Carpenter ants are. I mean, they, they, yeah, they destroy shit. Yeah, I mean, we don't have shit here. <laughs> it's but, pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty bad. They got me on the fucking back shed there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was hoping to convert it, but I'm just going to kind of like reinforce it if I can. But I'd love to get my hands on some of that patented, delayed, sporulated cordyceps. I'm pretty sure it's cordyceps. I'm, I'm, I'm like 90% sure it's cordyceps. So go get it, folks. I remember uh, we were working on this one house doing a remodel and a <laughs> giant house. And this, this stupid lady that, you know, whose house it was, she had us, like, using refurbed, like, wooden beams and posts for, like, just decorative, basically. Like, they weren't structural. And... We're like, okay, whatever, you know, like, and we're cutting into them and we're finding like colonies of live active, active live Oh carpenters. my God. Isn't that a crazy and, visual where you just like, you rip into a piece of wood and you can clearly see. And then here we are, you know, not only finding them, but it's like, well, she wants it in her house. Put it right up in there with ants and all. Oh my God. <laughs> like, I mean, she already had ants all over the place. She had, she had it coming. No, she already had ants all over the place, so, yeah. I mean, it was... Just adding to the... Is that, like, the war you waged against, like, one colony versus oh, another? No, 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 That was a different occasion? Yeah, that was that was when I was, like, 10. Well, that's cool. Were you talking at some point earlier um, about, at some point, uh, you mentioned um, how you can actually, like, not subdue or control, but you can influence ants with vinegar yeah i think so i mean because that's what i got out of formic acid is like the trail that they leave and also you know like when you hear like people getting ant poisoned you know like like bites not just bites but like being you know so engulfed by them that like the ants are spraying this formic acid into the air oh shit air actually you know i I didn't even know they could do that holy fuck i don't i don't don't think it's every type of ant that can do it but yeah i'm pretty sure at least some of them mark their trails like that's how they know you know they're not just following each other by vision you know they're 
They're actually going by scent of this, you know, formic acid trail. Uh, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, that was a glitch on my part. I apologize for the really bad audio. Um, oh, God, we are, I am so embarrassed. But we are back. I didn't have the fucking thing plugged in. No worries. Well, whatever. We're not professional. Accidents man. happen, yeah. Still, not still, yet. I'm like the, I'm, yeah. We're getting there. Still working it. Well, speaking of, I don't know if it's the fucking stupid like device monitor microphone picked up on what we were saying before. But speaking of learning from your mistakes and forgiving yourself for your uh, fucking problems, and there we go. Yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah. it's a, like we were just talking about. It's a work in progress, right? Thankfully, we we're only like fifteen minutes in. So, silver lining. I don't know. Well, we've we've moved on from worse, right? Yeah, we're already, I mean, we're in the middle of a war with something much, much bigger. Why wage a war with ourselves yeah. in the process, too? Like, you know, it's not um, ideal to just have that constant self-criticism about you, which has been my issue for um, longer than I care to mention. The right amount of it, I think, is healthy, but definitely too much can... Yeah, be anything but. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, and you got to have that balance. That's why when you mentioned earlier with the, um, like the, the, the dearth of work and that sort of thing and like embracing the, um, moment and like trying to at least like keep, stay positive and, optimistic and you know trying to bounce back that kind of thing like that um to me is the type of resilience um that can speak to um a lot of other abilities like if we can do that we can do a lot of other things too so i think that's something to be i don't know acknowledged i mean doing doing as much as you can within your power but you know understanding you know what isn't within your power and kind of just accepting it and yeah not not beating yourself up over your past mistakes as long as you're still trying to move forward you know right yeah yeah but like in treating it like a superpower almost because it kind of is like if you're able to heal in real time like that's kind of what we're what i'm digging here it's like this self, this idea of like self forgiveness as a tool, um, chiseling away at your some of the bullshit, like some of the bad habits, some of the looped thoughts, the toxicity, that groove that we get stuck in. That mm. it really like it overwhelms. Like, oh, definitely. The journey is a fucking roller coaster, man. Just like what Bill Hicks said. Yeah, and. And you never, you never really know if you're going up or going down on the roller coaster until, until the direction changes. Sometimes, yeah, totally. You know. Yeah, just staying in touch, staying attuned. You know, like the ants, like the bugs, like the fungi. It's it's a game of attunement. 
somehow. Yeah. Mm. You, uh, it's called paying, paying attention for a reason. It's, you know, it's a currency. Like, mm-hmm. what you pay attention to. Absolutely. And, and what you, what you garner from it is, you know, you get what you pay for sometimes, you know? Always get what you pay for. If you didn't put enough thought into a purchase, the purchase turned out was made in China to, or something. I just, I'm just gesturing to my own mistake. Again, like <laughs> learning from mistakes, people. That's what this is about. Um, all right. I'm mistakes are okay as long as you learn from them, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, like, especially because in a way that's the gift, like treating it like a gift, like a potent drug and, and use it wisely because it'll, it can, it can send you into a spiral or it can, uh, uplift you and it can give you a reason to try again. Only now you're, you're a little bit smarter, right? As long as we can retain that, keep it in our consciousness for longer periods of time, or in other words, broaden that consciousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's what our leaders are lacking, man. <laughs> like they're uh, so at the tippy top, you know, hardly our leaders. I mean, fuck. Like we're our own sovereign leader. I mean, but, that's, that's how it should be. Yeah. 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 It's the only way. Reclaiming the psyche. The legalities of that are different, but. Which goes back to the, again, the definitions of government, how there's a lot of them. Um, you know, depending on what you're looking at, what, how, how do you define government? Mm. Something that should only be there for when we actually need it. On, uh, but not usually politely. Mm. No, I don't usually define it politely. Like a last resort. Well, I mean, for one, yeah, it it should work for us and not the other way around. Right. Yeah. Mm. Like, I guess. See, the thing is, is it's mon- a monetized thing. Mm-hmm. And who has money? Who has money? It's, it's somehow, somehow more monetized than most people even understand because, you know, you, you look at some of these people. You're a senator. You make what? 120 grand a year. And granted, it might be untaxed, but how are you? You know, after 10 years of that job, how are you all of a sudden worth, you know, $20 million? How convenient that there's a, huh. a a revolving door and part of the exits is after you get out of office, there's the private sector. Huh. Yeah. Right there. The huh. private sector is one of those first stops. Yeah. It's, uh, I would almost define it as like one of the first religions for the atheistic. No. One of, wait, say that again. One of the, one of the first religions for the atheistic, you know, for the people that, 
for the people that don't believe, don't believe in, in higher... anything they can't see, they need something they can see to then give their power over to. Interesting. You know? Huh. But I like I like Hunter S. Thompson's definition of it, which was mm. politics is the art of controlling your environment. Okay. Which, you know, seems to just ring truer and truer because, you know, those, like what we were saying, people that want to absolutely control their environment, they want total, total control. It's like, yeah, and who wants more control than politicians? So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, which goes even deeper than the corporate versions. Which goes even deeper than well, the, ba- the bankster versions. And the three of them are tied together at this point. You know, they're, it's three sides of the same coin. Dude, it's fucked up. Cause, well, four if you count the media. And the reason I say that, the reason I say it's fucked up, is because it, it, there is so much that we can learn from the balance of not always clinging to a sense of control. Like that toxic yeah. monster that exists in all of us. Being able right? to let go a little. The greed, yeah. the discomfort, the insecurity, yeah. all of it is condensed in this one function. And that's to, it wants control. So how do we break that is my question. How do we break how do we break that? Because you don't want to break it entirely. So maybe break isn't really the right word. But you do want to. How do you repair it? How do you massage it? Huh. Like turn it into like a stress ball on your fuck in your fist. You know. I mean, it's already broken. Give it right. So give like, it some wiggles. It? Yeah. Wiggle it up a bit. Loosen Re- it up a how bit. How do you rehabilitate it? You know. Yeah. It's like I was locked up with my fucking neck. That was one of the reasons I've been uh-huh. out of commission for a bit and trying to reset with getting things back in order. And you know, like my wife was saying, like. Just focus on one thing at a time until it's finally done or almost like 10% from being done at least. Like don't start a shit ton of them all at once. So again, lesson learning, skill building, managing time, all those things. Prioritizing. Because part of that is that control freak in me, right? Because that's why I take on a lot. Like that's one of the reasons. Um, control my environment. Fuck yeah. I'm all for it. But, um, and it's a powerful drug too. Cause it can, it can just take you over. Like I, my listening skills get all fucking wonky. Mm. Like there are a lot of things that cognitively fuck with me. Like I, I, I'm not a good listener. I'm not good at being in the present. Those are all the cons. That's what you sacrifice for being so obsessed with getting Whatever it is you want, going for it and taking control. The final outcome. Yeah. It right. does have its, that has its place. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? And it's a fucking thrill, like to sit back and actually enjoy or even experience the outcome, which in my world of human services, I don't get fucking dick for that, really. <laughs> like, that's like the biggest, like, most vague, qualitative, like, these are qualitative outcomes. They're not quantified. All right. Not tangible. Yeah. Very, yeah, very wiggly. Yeah. Like, talk about, like, because I, I don't use the wiggle term 
to relate it back to Alan Watts used back to say Back to Wiggly. That. Alan Watts used to say that the world is full of pricklies and goo. Yeah, they used to call him old Alley Wiggly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and and what's what's a characteristic of Wiggles is like dance a little. Goo. Dance with it. You know? Yeah. Dance. Dance will fucking loosen you up and get in the groove, man. Uh-huh. Find that groove. Try and try and hear a rhythm, you know. Yeah, and I can appreciate these conversations because I'm too busy sometimes feeling that ecstasy, and so even that's a drug too. So it goes right back to the drawing board of he, like, he's not oh, talking too about much MDMA. of this. Come back. What? He's not talking about MDMA. What did I say? He said the mo- even even ex- even uh, you're like. Because then I feel the ecstasy of it, and you're like, and that's a drug too. And I'm like, <laughs> that's right, I did. Yeah, my bad. Uh, yeah, no, we are made of drugs. Let's not forget that. Oh. We can actually facilitate our own neurochemistry if we know how to change our attitude a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the uh, you know, a lot of uh different monastic cultures would consider you know that state of enlightenment you know just as euphoric and transcendent and you know psychoactive as you know any psychoactive we can uh, you know make externally and take externally so yeah hmm there's there's definitely something to be said about it. The monastic life. Yeah, just like getting in that zone where it's like, I've heard it, it's like a type of high frequency, but it's so high that you're actually one with the lowest of low, like zero frequency wave, hmm. like literally hitting that zero point. It's like, Talk about a fucking drug, man. I bet they're fucking hopped up on TMT and shit, like, getting to the places like that, man. Like, getting, because, like, they've surpassed, they've transcended, like, gamma rays. Mm. Or, not gamma rays, gamma sorry. Wavelength. Gamma wavelengths, yeah. brain waves, not to be confused with <laughs> Bruce the gamma Banner rays. And the Hulk. Yeah. Like, ultra gamma and now lemna or lemda <laughs> wave, brain wave state. It's like, 200 freaking hertz per second or whatever some ungodly figure like way double the pace of a fucking um um hummingbird swings jesus you know just to picture that and like because you usually need like fucking you would need literally time lapse technology to track it at that point how did they actually see it who figured that out well, there's a lot of dedicated researchers on the subject of consciousness, and I give them a lot of credit, even though I bash them in my other podcast that I do, um, yeah, and yeah. my book, and so on. And but it's, it's like the Monroe Institute, you know, they're one of the ones that mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, they got they do their good things, but do they have they been used nefariously as well? Yeah, it's like what information will be funded enough to be public enough. Right. Well, and also, you know, if depending on the results, it might not go public either way. You know. Exactly. Right. Yeah, it could be like staying in closed doors or drawers and. Yeah. 
people with very privileged information or whatever. Right. We only know. we only know about the technology on the surface, you know. But part of me is also like that's part of the totalitarian urge for control muscle. And it's kind of like I just see Lao Tzu in the corner of the room just laughing his ass off. Maybe not Lao Tzu, maybe Drunk Tzu. He'd be <laughs> laughing his ass off. Or them both just drinking tea in the corner, just like laughing at all of this going on because they know in their heart that this is all like they're wasting their time. <laughs> you guys, you're wasting your time. You're never going to be able to control it. Sorry. Because mm-hmm. it's not meant to be controlled. I mean, That's the whole point. There's, there's always going to be people that try though, you know, from poor souls. Yeah. Myself included. Basically from, from the time that we were, you know, monkeys that knew how to swing a rock, you know, and understood vaguely what at least necessary resources were, you know, like there's always been you know, somebody that's going to come in and try and take it by force. Dude, right? It's kind of, uh, yeah. To me, that's just the grim, sad thing. Uh, it's, well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're always going to try. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work. That's, you know, there's that's the thing. Is there is always hope, but you know, takes takes the other monkeys being like, uh, oh no, no no that's our that's our shit. You know, like we 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 worked for that shit. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, really depends on you know how many of what kind of monkeys we have. Hmm. How we are using those those tools, and yeah, like I wonder just yeah, what would it be like to have it fresh in mind that it doesn't really matter if they don't get it as long as you get it that's yeah, I think, yeah, that's what's important. You know, at the end of the day is, you know, you can't really expect yourself to be able to help anybody if you don't get it, you know, so. That's right. Right. And I can kid myself that I might get a part of it um, and try to help. But God, aren't aren't those people the worst? <laughs> the blind leading the blind, like too much? Well, that's, yeah. Sadly, that's, you know, the the most power-hungry and weak of moral fiber of us are the blind ones that are leading the rest of the blind, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, like, I feel bad for those folks who are, like, just, like, born into a family that, like, basically forces them to be part of their like church or community or tradition or whatever it is. And then like, they don't even have a chance to be a kid. So now with like, they're just like all reserved and shy by the time that they're in their twenties having to like 
you know, go through that, go through childhood finally in their twenties. Yeah. And and like, I start start having those free thoughts finally. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And letting the, not feeling guilty about it. And, and there's always a different version. Everyone's first step is going to be different from another person's first steps, um, to begin to start to, you know, run and whatever, but, um, exercise those possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm trying more, like I'm getting ready to, um, for me personally, I'm just going to like reflect on, cause I, I've kind of identify with that. Like I, I feel bad. I'm saying I feel bad for folks who actually, they had a real childhood, but like, at, like for whatever reason you were held, held back by the childishness of your parents the childishness of your community in some some cases yeah you uh, know like you're you're we're being raised and guided by a whole like you know variety a mixed variety of of biodiversity psychodiversity and backgrounds and history like reasons for people having like weird twitchy triggers and like all kinds of weird stuff that um and we're barely out of the dark ages you know just barely (laughs) right yeah we forget that a lot man we we think that we have it all figured out and like oh grocery stores and oh fuck with fuck blockbusters and movie gallery we got netflix and all this other shit like i miss fucking movie stories man I miss it a lot. I'm really bitter about that. Maybe I shouldn't. Well, there's still that one <laughs> last blockbuster. Is there? Where? There's, where is it? Oh, my God. I think it's in Oregon. Well, dude, there was one up north I in this, so. up here, in our territory. There was one up in St. Albans. Until Up when? until, like, dude, I want to say, I have a photo of me in it. When it was like, oh, man. I was, oh, it was like 2014, bro. Really? Like it made it far, <laughs> and it was a big one too. Like I was like having a field day in this in this place. <laughs> the wife wanted to leave, um, but uh, you're like I, I couldn't leave. Yeah, I, I, I missed. But there's I missed. so much here. Why do you? Why would you? Ever want it was to go? the best. It was like being in a record store, yeah. and it's like, oh my god, how much time do I have? You know, like I can't. I'm gonna flip through every single one of these and just look at all of them and. See, like, because there's so many memories, man. Yeah, and like, like you said, kind of like a record store because you know there's there's you get to look at the cover art of the movie. You know, like it's it's different than just like scrolling through a a, a streaming service, and you know, like they're just yeah, it's it's not the same. No way, not even close. No. I suppose I'm grateful that an actual person will deliver my pizza and not a fucking drone yet. But yeah, well, that'll uh, that'll only be until so long. Oh God. Well, then that will be a antique too, something for the memory bank and nostalgic. Um. Anyway, the uh, I. I can appreciate a lot of those things. Why did I start talking about movie? Uh, blockbusters. Blockbusters. Yeah. The last blockbuster. Nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, it's funny though because you know you mentioned like pizza delivery and you know drone delivery rather. Uh, did you see the meme right after Amazon announced you know you, a few years ago that they were going to start doing Amazon drone deliveries? And uh, there's a meme uh, said. The last thing that the Amazon drone ever saw in Kentucky, and it's it's these like two toothless like fat slob hillbilly redneck like just like mullet drunk just you know stained torn clothes just like and they're looking up at you know it's the POV of the drone and they're both chucking beer bottles empty beer bottles up at this fucking drone and like there's one that's just like right about to hit the drone that's like the picture <laughs> but you can see there's like there's like two others in the air on the way and then like the woman's still about to like throw another like like rapid fire beer It'll be bottles great, just great target practice <laughs> great target practice oh shit like, there's another one of those santa claus drones well I just felt like there was a little bit of that going on in our neighborhood for a moment there. Like, randomly, like, you'll see a drone just literally, like, plop something on someone's front porch. Really? Here? Around here, yeah. Or at the very least, like, just flying around and putting stuff, like, yeah, just doing random shit like that. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Well, it was, like, in, like, the back. Yeah, it was weird. It, like, knows to go in the backyard and and like program it and i couldn't tell if it was an actual like remote user doing that because people were into that like just a few years ago this was pre-pandemic oh, okay yeah when it was like you know that big like surge and in like there were you like everyone had one and they're they're getting cheaper and cheaper and you know you can actually like go to school for it now too yeah yeah it's really interesting i can uh, i can dig the like the the cinematic like right. stuff yeah. like that shit's dope yeah. yeah my uh family had one taken for their website uh, the retreat that they're getting ready to put up nice yeah just falling into fucking the rut of politics bro the fucking rut of politics with the town with the town with the states with all kinds of fucking like other organizations like you know the wetlands people and mm-hmm. like they're again i don't have anything against them specifically um, but it's like it's kind of like i'm i'm laughing because what the fuck why they're clearly not in compromising wetlands where they're looking to do construction like just because it's part of the zone that they parceled out mm-hmm. you know yeah runoff is how i understood it right they're worried about runoff and shit I think so, yeah, which is probably legit. I mean, it's legit, but it's also like, like who's having the conversations being like, look, let's get real. Like, why are you concerned about this? You know, because these, these are people on the other end of the line, mm. like that you're dealing with. So like government, yes, but like fucking dude, it's some of the most piss poor work <laughs> ethic I've ever seen. Some of these places, man, like it's like, I don't want to bash any specific agency. Right now, here on while the mics are on for sure. Totally. But just like across the board, I'm like baffled 
sometimes that like we just had this conversation literally yesterday and you just derailed the plan of what we were going to do yeah. kind of thing. And it's mostly because like they're just like maybe they're old or forgetful, but like good, good Lord. Like why didn't you write it down like a normal person? Uh, you know, like just weird stuff, like just total incompetency. And there is way too much geriatric behavior in in politics <laughs> in general. Yes. Yeah. Like, and so I have this clip I wanted to put up. It's Mike Maloney um, giving a little four minute talk, which right. I'm really uh, stoked about sharing, uh, especially now considering this conversation too. But uh, it just happens to be uh, here. Let me. See if there's any commercials. There might be commercials, so we might hear a little bit of Around the world, people don't seem to realize that government intervention always makes things worse. It's the government manipulating things. Whenever you manipulate something and try and control it over here, uh, and, and not allow the free markets to balance everything all by themselves, something comes squirting out way over here that you just don't expect. For instance, the dot-com bubble popped in 2000. Alan Greenspan lowered interest rates to try and get the stock markets back up again, and he accidentally created a real estate bubble that's now devastating the world. Back during World War I, they inflated the currency supply tremendously. The Federal Reserve was born just at the beginning of World War I. We added to the currency supply by adding bonds to our back our currency along with gold. Then there was this big it's called the Depression of 1921. It's the single greatest deflation that the U.S. has ever seen. It's bigger than the Great Depression. The contraction of the currency supply was huge. The reason nobody knows about the Depression of 1921, they only know of the stock market crash of, the, of 29 and the Great Depression, is because the government did not rush in to save us. The Federal Reserve didn't try to suddenly lower interest rates down to zero. They didn't manipulate the free markets. They let the free markets work. It was horrible for a year. There were bankruptcies and foreclosures. People lost homes and things like that. But the bankruptcies and the businesses that, that uh, folded, there were new businesses that were more efficient, that grew up to take their place. And when a home gets foreclosed on, it gets resold to somebody else. And uh, yes, it was horrible, but the people that were leveraged out or the people that weren't uh, in full control of their finances or the inefficient businesses that were just hanging on by a thread anyway, yeah, they went under. But because the, the government didn't rush in to save us and the Federal Reserve didn't try and manipulate the economy, the free markets healed it all and in 18 months it was a memory. Uh, in fact, 10 years later, nobody could even remember the memory. It was gone. Ah. <laughs> uh. I, yeah, I'm kind of a loss. I'm kind of a loss for words because that, that is so close, but I'm curious to get your impressions. I'm still uh, processing it, but yeah, uh, I mean, that graph that he showed, you know, the, the incredible drop off and then the recovery from that, you know, the, the height to the to the depth of it versus you know the next collapse in the great depression mm -hmm. it's 
Yeah. They should, uh, I mean, I understand why they call it the Great Depression, but yeah, it's definitely in magnitude wasn't nearly as great. Yeah. And part of what hits home for me is just how these things like free market capitalism absolutely works. If you can tolerate the times where you have the business cycle. You have, you have bubbles that pop and it's all about like understanding that, yeah, because a bubble pops, it's only because what was valued before something that was undervalued now is valued and it's an inverted relationship to each other. Anytime an asset class goes overvalued and undervalued and overvalued and undervalued and back again, that's how these cycles are working. Mm. It's just how society chooses to operate itself. But, but you know, now nowadays, like the closest thing we have to a, a functioning free market society in this country is the black market. You know, mm. that's which you know, yeah, you know, sadly you can't go. Not too many people go buy food on the black market. <laughs> you know, yeah, unless you have like a local farmer right, market, exactly. like that that's, can provide that so that's why community is important and that's why it's really important that local governments get their act together for sure you know um keeping all of that in check my second takeaway was also as far as like the first part of that like whenever government tries to control and manipulate the economy itself it it always ends poorly it, it'll either um only be able to um kind of uh spend itself to oblivion or borrow its way to oblivion like mm -hmm. one or one or the other and they're both kind of you like the one in the same to each other it's just they're all part of a process of like you borrow and spend and you overinflate the currency like we we it's like it's like unheard of for us to conceive of a currency crisis even though we just had one yeah like we literally like our memories suck mm -hmm. yeah so badly like we just had not just one we had dozens of them like we've had so many of them we've had so many chances to be better <laughs> in the future as a collective right it's that's the government so like, much government's fucking blow yeah. man so much corrupt upward transfer of wealth you know, for one excuse or the other. And that could and, be it, man. Yeah. You know. Well, once you, well, sorry, oh, man, I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. Um, was, but like, it just occurred to me that like, once, like, once the fucking whatever is actually happening, like organized enough, organized, more organized than the ones before it, whatever class of people that is, I'm not going to point my finger and say it's that group of people or it's that society and that agenda or whatever totally could be any of them once they like commandeer those that are working within the public sectors it's like fucking like lobotomize them and make them your bitch and like make them fucking do whatever the fuck you want them to do well that's i mean it it's one of the reasons why, you know, like the best leaders are the people that don't want to have to lead, you know, like they're, 
they're the ones that don't want the power in the first place. You know, if you're going to have, if you're going to choose to have leaders, then yeah, like kind of, you know, maybe, maybe start looking at, you know, the people that don't want the job, but are qualified. You know? mm. But yeah. That's, and that's try and own. convince them to do it. Right. <laughs> but then like, it, even then, like I wouldn't wish that on my, you know, my worst enemy. No. You know, like that, that is like gotta be one of the, we just got to restructure, right? Like we just got to restructure how those things work. Like, how are we organizing? Like, I would be down for local government and it's decision by committee. You know, like you have a committee, a coalition or something along the lines of like, you need public input in order for it to work for the people. But the problem is, and going right back to like what originated the demise of this country were those conversations happening between Thomas Jefferson and Tom Hamilton, or and uh, Hamilton, mm. sorry. First Alexander name. Hamilton. Uh, thank you. Yeah, Alexander Hamilton. Um, and uh, those were, Hamilton was for central banking. Hamilton knew the dangers of central banking. So they were the guys, they Wait, were the lawyers. Jefferson who, knew, knew the, yeah. 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 Jefferson. Hamilton was for, Jefferson Hamilton, was against. Yeah, yeah, Hamilton wanted central a central bank. Right. So you connect those dots and you start to see where we where we lost our way on the track you know like we had a pretty solid group of people that understood that you it really is decision by committee and hap they all happen to be beekeepers shout out james madison isn't that cool how they all happen to be beekeepers wow. here's how you fucking fix it how you restructure you humiliate the fuck out of governments you make them <laughs> all beekeepers that's what we got to do give them all beehives and say if that if that hive dies we're gonna off you but don't let them have any, uh, they don't get masks or gloves. And you have to, it will change you. Like, it will change you. Huh? Well, no, I would give them whatever they They got to earn them. They got to <laughs> earn them. Yeah. Say the alphabet backwards, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> while, while you go feed them. <laughs> yeah. Don't skip a letter. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just fucking riffing, dude. I don't know. Well. I feel humiliated trying to keep bees in boxes. They don't seem to hate it. Some of them. Oh. Some of them. And, and you know, the, the flora around here seems to love them. Yeah. It's been a weird season, like very wet and mm -hmm. like stressed a lot of the vegetation and mm -hmm. like botanical life, like yeah. all the flowers that produce the nectar. Yeah. Like I, it's funny because ever since I started beekeeping years ago, um, you always you always thought of like rain as like like that's the god that gives you the nectar. Like you want rain, you don't want this drought stuff, which that sucks. You want too. a nice balance, ideally. Yeah. I know, dude. Well, when I first got into it, I started to experiment a little bit by like I'm you know I'm not really a religious person, but I consider prayer a version of like you're working with the energies of your belief and you're, but you're also interacting with the world. So you're actually, you're not praying for something. You're not praying at something. You're, you're praying to something. So you're actually including it in the equation of your consciousness by interacting with it. Mm. Like 
And in order to do that, there's like that part of yourself that has to relinquish a part of you that thinks you're in control because you're not. You're a part of the equation, but you're not in control, right? The, the collective field is in control right. and not even in control. Like we have to kind of abandon our concept or our idealism of that word. Yeah. Like we can't just put a blanket of a word on it, really. Um, it's like, this is all about redefining control, I guess. Um, cause we're, we're just not in charge. It's like, that's, I think one of the follies of free will is, you know, telling yourself that, oh, well, I can, I can just do it all, you know, like if I choose to, mm -hmm. it's like no one can do everything, you know? Right. Like. That is what makes us uh, a social species, you know? Mm -hmm. We we aren't necessarily good at providing everything that we need for ourselves, so. Yeah, and but, I think. You know, I think how much of through community do we do that versus, you know, you know family slash community versus, you know, local or, you know, state or federal government, you know? Hmm. Yeah, man. Um, and it, it kind of comes back to like the age of these things, the maturity, the, um, you know, you could be sure in control of certain things and create certain policies, but how, how much of those how much of the thought process went into those things? Like how are there those undesired outcomes, those unintended consequences that you took into account in it? I don't know. Ch history shows us clearly. No, the answer is no, they haven't taken those things into account, but will we mm. like, what, what will we be create? What will we say? Like, no, we're finally going to fucking learn from this and we're going to do better. I really like what the desert Southwest area is doing, like the like uh, New Mexico and things. Like, there's certain like sub like communities that are like not part of like the larger um, thing. And I was actually listening to a podcast that Maynard was describing recently about Arizona yeah. as well, around like um, like how they are the. Uh, they're they're one of the last states to form in the mainland um and because of that they're able to kind of redefine themselves as a sovereign um kind of identity and um sense of like how they run their their politics which is pretty dope i think cuz they're not locked locked into that like you know, we've been this way for over 200 years kind of thing. Right, right. They're still a little uh, malleable. Yeah. Because yeah, they can then, like, look back and see, wait a minute, like, what are they doing? Like, that's where, when I'm part of these advisory committees that I'm part of, I'm part of, like, three of them. Actually, more, sadly. Um, I'm on, I do way too much shit with them. I want my life back. That. Um, but, uh, I, 
<laughs> sorry. I, uh, we, yeah, it's like, I want to talk more about like, what are other states doing? Like, why are we only focusing on us? Like, why aren't we looking at what other states are doing more? And why aren't we talking about that more? Well, I learning think from them. We are to some degree, but I think everybody only does it on, you know, single issue basis, you know, you know, they, they don't look at the, the state overall, you know, most people don't know, you know, the, the U S constitution, never mind their state's constitution. Yeah. That's sad. You know, like, so, you know, like, like I think it was Socrates said, you know, a, a democracy is only as good as the education level of its voters, you know. Mm. So, well, exactly. So, I mean, what, you educate a population of how to how what they're exposed to, and you give them their options of what to vote for, because those are the only people who are really willing to go to bat for their own party. We have like some of the lowest education values in the fucking. Yeah. World. Yeah. And I'm not saying like, I'm not trying to inspire people to like go out and be better than the next candidate. What I'm, what I would love to see in the future is reorganizing how we run those things. How do we spend those budgets? How are those decisions formed by committee? Like, how are those, how are we actually like moving forward? How are we participating in those, those processes? Like, if it, if it really is, Okay, the definition for government is like to be in control and all of that. We're doing a pretty piss poor job, even if we <clears> think we're in control. Like we're not very good at that. Oh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the only thing they're worried about controlling is us. You know. Well, that's just it. So yeah. that was part of where I learned this word government was control of the mind was the loose translation that I remember from Latin. Yeah, like gubern and men. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But how weird is that even? Like, again, Drang Drangsa is in the corner laughing at all of us, <laughs> saying that, oh, control the mind. How silly are you? <laughs> Don't you know? You well, pretty, uh, pretty, uh, facile endeavor at the end of the day to, to try and control the mind. It's hard. I mean, it's it's sad that there are actual like successful mind control programs, but also it's it's sad that most people aren't able to control their own you know moment to moment exactly thought process. Yeah, it's like it's like you have intrusive thoughts. It's like yeah, everybody does. You know, it's like you know, it's the difference is like Bill Burr said. He's like that's what that's what differs. You know. The psychos from the functioning psychos. He's like, you know, <laughs> he's like, you know, you think it, you just don't do it. <laughs> exactly. I and cheers to that, sir. Cheers. Um, I, uh, yeah, I can totally get down with that because part of me is also that's part of the training process. Like, truthfully, like. I don't spew this stuff because I've somehow like figured it out. Like I haven't figured this shit out at all. 
It just baffles me that how do I not, like I have a learning disability, I know that, but how have I not caught on to these things yet? And I, yet I can conceptualize them, I can talk about them, and I think it's just, again, doing them. Right, putting it into practice. So then why, why not have governments do something? Like actually well, do something be, be, besides. That's the thing is when you when you put a small body of people in control of a large body, you know, they, without incentive to actually do their job, they end up looking out for themselves as number one. You know? Yeah, or the they're a little, you know, technocratic. Crony capitalism. Crony, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah totally. I could see that certain circles, and again, I just think it's inco- at the at its base, it's incompetence. At the end of the day, there's a lot of laziness. There's the, a lot of fucking complacency. I think it's incompetence of the people who are trying to do a good job. It's it's their incompetence of not calling out, you know, their peers who are abusing their positions you know right there are i think there are good people in politics but they're definitely not the majority probably you know there's there's just too many bought and sold heads you know exactly thank you for caveating that for me that that's true no i I, i'm eating my words a little bit with that because i don't want to lump all of it into this one thing that's not what I'm trying to do here either. But like, I really do think it's worth talking about, like pointing out, like, like we've done a bad job across the board. <laughs> like, <laughs> quote of the day: We've done a bad job <laughs> across the board, like clearly. And yet we think, like, oh, nothing's wrong. Well, yeah, because we just assume we're going to be okay. That's the thing: is the system works for you know the people in charge and. All they worry about is, you know, winning that next popularity contest that they're up for. And, you know, we we vote for politicians instead of voting for politics. You know, like right. we don't we don't vote according to policies. We we vote it's a it's a you know Right. Well for one, we're not writing them. That's the problem. Like we contest. need we need somebody in office who can actually like be skilled at writing those things like it used to be lawyers like lawyers were kind of that pinnacle like authorship status of like if you can if you because again going back to like i think we started this conversation when the mics were off on like the art of rhetoric Mm. and diplomacy right like those things sweet talking yeah just like kissing ass paying lip service 20 dollar words exactly like the more you can do that then, then the better, like, that's how, like, that, you know, have you ever seen that movie, The Invention of Lying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious movie. I actually, I haven't seen it in a while. Um, but kind of like that, when right? When get pulled over by the cop. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, officer, how are you doing today? <laughs> to be honest, I'm, I'm pretty relieved you guys aren't black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fucking Edward Norton is the cop. Ah, yes. The gift of honesty. Yeah, because that's the movie where they, they like can't, 
not tell the truth, right? Like they, yeah, they just, like nobody's ever even thought of lying, right? It's just, but it hasn't the, been he's, conceived. He's the in, only in one in this universe, right? And one day, yeah, I forget how he does it, but yeah, one day he kind of stumbles across it and like realizes what he did and that it worked. And he's like, uh, huh? He like wrestles with the idea of it and then like starts like, yeah, putting it into. <laughs> Like some sort of practice, I guess. Right, right. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of like a weird, like a little more clean version of Idiocracy. In a way, yeah. But still had that yeah. like wit and, and well, I just, I enjoy that. I don't remember his name, that British Ricky dude. Ricky Gervais. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. From The Office. Yeah. <clears throat> he's, yeah. He's pretty, uh, pretty solid as far as I can tell. Like what he what he did at the Golden Globes a couple of years ago was just outstanding. Oh right, yeah, yeah I saw so I saw a clip of he that. Tore recently. them apart, like mm. yeah. Well, dude, we need more of that. Like more of just like the the breaking down of those boundaries, just to give ourselves the lens to see more clearly. Like you have to scrub that window. Well, I mean, once in a I while. mean that's that's the problem with propaganda is nobody knows what the truth is anymore you know to the point where you know everybody's like oh there's just there's millions of truths it's like no no uh, no that's not how fucking facts work mm -hmm. it's like there's there's i mean you you can have your own beliefs that doesn't make it a truth if, i'm sure if you want to call it your truth that doesn't make it a fucking truth though you know like these fucking buzzwords, slogans, and shit. Like, oh, just speaking my truth. It's like, no, you're speaking your mind, and you're having fucking verbal diarrhea half the time. Like, it's like, but you know, in a in a more and more propagandized world, it's like it's hard to, you know, the old saying, bring bring truth to power. It's like it's hard to bring truth to power when nobody can I like, fucking agree on what the truth is. Exactly. You know? Yeah. That's why again, I know we say it a lot on this podcast, but I'll say it again. That's why it's all about kind of figuring out a way to ask yourself what is that truth, uh, you know, in its most genuine form. And so what if there was like a little caption before any news feed? Doesn't matter what it, what kind of news feed, yeah. but like just pause for a minute and you know focus your attention in the area of the heart. Imagine your breath is flowing in and out of your heart or chest area, breathing a little slower mm. and deeper than usual, and make a sincere attempt to experience a regenerative feeling such as appreciation or care for something or anyone. Or anything in your life, it'd definitely be a different world, right? Because <laughs> then you're you're more in touch with that attunement, like just the basic attunement. You would see right through the bullshit a little easier. Well, I guarantee it. And speaking of you know, like government overreach and you know deceitful like media, you know it's no accident that it worked out the way that it did when Reagan was in office. He overturned something that basically made it illegal for any 
news broadcast to not have two uh, differing, you know, viewpoints on the same, you know, any one topic, you know. Mm. And then when Clinton was in office, he made it legal for, you know, the bigger companies, bigger media companies to monopolize the media landscape. You know, it went from like 55, you know, major media corporations to five, you know. So basically, like all the news that people are being fed is, you know, from the same bought and sold sources. You know, it's hard to get any sort of objective lens on anything when, you know, you're being pushed either one narrative or the other constantly, and neither of them are necessarily factual. Right. You know, to their best degree. Not def, not, and that's what I mean. Like, we, we just haven't done a good job at like, we just haven't done a good job. You know, <laughs> it's, it's just like, we have poo. not done a good job. Um, because I, job. there was a point where I thought of like what Tom said in the last, like, like in terms of progression in the real sense, good art being the thing that like drives that forward. Like Mer- our merit. taste. Merit. Yeah. 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 Like developing that in like that, not even that intuition. Like that's a whole nother conversation about intuition. We don't even really need to talk about that. That goes without saying. But um, just basic taste. Like we, our tastes are, you know, how many people? Whenever I drive by, it's like McDonald's cars, like all the way fucking past the driveway or the the fucking you know, yeah. juncture or in- entrance and shit. And oh, like, yeah. uh, just like, just, okay. Seeing that. And then, you know, I guarantee if there was an, something right next door that was. Well, it's, it's designer food. It's, it's chemically created right. to be delicious. You no know, surprise. You're, you're tricking lab rats at that point. And I don't know. know. Is this true? Have you seen that? I saw this meme recently where, and it could just been this like weird clickbait thing just wanting me to see this like because it knows me to some degree with the algorithm and shit but um i saw a thing where it said like it was a comparison like moldy bread on the one hand yeah and then on the other split screen it was like a mcdonald's cheeseburger and fries yeah um and then it it it, like in the next like um part of the visual like underneath like in the like a comic book strip it said like and here's like or six months later same thing same food oh yeah the no. bread the preservatives are so strong has been shit. yeah has been consumed with mold yeah and then the burger and fries are like virtually untouched i mean yeah they're they're stale and they're dried out and shit but yeah there's nothing growing on them but then the the last yeah. line in the bottom is like if bacteria won't eat it, why should we? Yeah, totally. And yeah, no, that's I, I, yeah, I watched a video. Uh, this person was unwrapping. It was it was like a twenty year old cheeseburger from McDonald's, never been unwrapped before, and yeah, there's nothing on it, dude. That's crazy. So that is for real, as far that as I, as far as I know. I mean, Jesus. There's also. 
<laughs> there's a chemical in the fries. Oh God, this is. And I've heard this too. The this chemical like leads to so many fucking health problems. Yeah, dude. I can't remember the n- exact name of the chemical. It's, it's what they put in cigarettes, right? It's an oxaline or something like that. I forget. But, okay. But it's, it's like, it's like 10,000 times the EPA's like daily, uh, suggested dosage of it in, and, in one serving. And, and guess who supplies all the potatoes to McDonald's? Fucking Monsanto? Even more evil. Really? Despicable. Oh, God. Well, I mean, he's new age Monsanto. Are we dropping names here? Oh, Is yeah. it start with a B? Yep. BG? Yep. Your girl BG. Oh, oh, oh fucking Bill. He's <laughs> oh, Bill. At it again. Yep. Fucking cocksucker. Oh, what the fuck? But like, and it just got me thinking like, whoa, if my gut... Because I always think of like the the gut of the planet is the soil, mm, yeah, and like the you know how you would compost again back to how we've fucked up across the board. <laughs> like our waste streams are our knowledge of how we throw things away, and our lack of incorporating decomposition as an ally, and understanding those cycles again back to the cycles. Like we we suppress cycles. That's what we do. Mm. Fucking God, like, it's like right back to, again, whether it's monetary cycles, oh, we don't like, we don't like it when the economy busts. No, we're sensitive to all these, like, we're going to lose our jobs. We're going to, we're going to borrow ourselves to the hills and, oh, God forbid the economy is going to collapse because then I'm fucked, you know? So it's like you, you fucking bring in your coalition of voters to vote shit in just to fucking in your own best interest, and by you know who you are, I'm not saying anyone in particular, but you know who you are. Mm-hmm. If you barred yourself to the hills and you realize that there's some shit coming, knowingly, like, just as long as it stays intact long enough, I'll be okay. You know, you're, you're fucking, what the fuck? I'm not, I guess, borrowing itself has its own full blown conversation. But oh fuck, dude! I just don't. I mean, oh, like, we're yeah. I mean, we're, <laughs> li- bad, we're living in a fucking a lending, you know, society at this point. You know, most people are. I mean, we just hit record credit card debt. You know, I know, again, right? Again, you know, yeah. Like now, now it's not just you know financial institutions borrowing. It's it's you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's everybody borrowing. It's almost like, it, yeah, that borrowing mentality, like we're borrowing our way into the future. We're borrowing our way. We're borrowing like our square footage of how many people, like our garbage is piling up. Our fucking debt is up to the fucking like 40th percentile of our income to debt ratio and shit. Like it's yeah. unreal. It's beyond that in a lot of cases, especially corporate debt. Corporate debt's fucking at an all-time high and a lot of defaults are coming in the corporate world yeah. like so corporate bonds that were loaned or money that was like borrowed out of Guess existence what through, do to the market yeah dude no yeah. And, and it'll probably look like a bailout again well um, yeah which will leverage it even further which then by it leverage the u.s dollar even further and it's already leveraged to the max beyond the max so it's like this is yeah this is very delicate 
um, this thing, it's this bubble, this balloon that we're in is so fucking big and so sensitive, dude. And we're like, oh, we'll just float it right up to outer space and live on the moon for a little bit or Mars, right? Because we're trying to colonize Mars. Yeah. We're going to balloon ourselves to Mars. Fuck, dude, I should probably stop while I'm ahead. And like, here, I play. Let's, uh, let's, go, let's go to Bruce. Let's go to Bruce. <laughs> oh, my God. Why do you think I didn't get the anchor job? Hey, man, I don't want any problems. I don't want... Is it my hair, Bill? Are my teeth not white enough? Or like the Great Falls is the bedrock of my life, eroding beneath me. Eroding. <laughs> eroding. I'm Bruce Nolan for Eyewitness News. Back to you, f***ers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. All right. And we're back. Oh, I can always rely on Bruce to dig me out of a hole. Um, while we're on the subject, though, let's let's go back to uh, here. I wanted to play this as well. This was a huge part of my childhood. Yeah. Fucking love Jim Carrey, <laughs> man. Yeah, dude. Yeah, here it's coming up. I'm gonna wait for it to reset so I can. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah, I remember the first time I watched Ace Ventura just fucking blew my mind. You know, mm. forget how old I was. I watched 12, the, maybe the second 11. one before the first one. Oh, really? And yeah, I was pretty young too. I, got, I was like, I want to say like six. Uh, I got to see the second one in theaters. Oh, you, pretty chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang, we love you. And our pretty chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang loves us too. Hi, uh, everybody go, oh, chitty chitty weedy pan. Bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang, our pan for tender pan. Bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang, our pan for bandard. Chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang, chitty bang bang, yeah! Dude, I I so badly want to watch that, like today, but uh or tonight. But Jocelyn, she's like, yeah, she hasn't been in an Ace Ventura mood lately. Yeah, it's uh not always for the for the ladies. No, but uh, it's not uh it's not appreciated by some. Sadly, (laughs) (laughs) that's okay. It, it means he likes you. <laughs> oh, well, in that case. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I will be tuna. <laughs> Shooting spitballs at the dude on the post. Yup. He's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here. I used to want to be a pet detective. Not a lot of call for it, though. Turns a pet out. detective. <laughs> yeah, I haven't even really, dude. Like, what would it be? What would a pet detective even well, be made this day and age? Yeah, he, you know, he tracked down missing pets, but you know, it's like that's 
Not really a feasible job, <laughs> no, turns out. That's what I mean. Like, uh, it's like something that you, like, oh, you're going to solve the case of the of the zoo animal that went missing. Hmm. But, like, aside from that, like. My tarantula is missing a leg. Oh, but that part in the beginning of the second one where the fucking, the poor, like, raccoon. Like, no. oh, man, that pulls at the heartstrings real bad. They are so they're so cute, little trash they're, Yeah, like, they're like, oh, huh. that fucking poor little guy, and then he's just, like, falling to it, and then, like, yeah, and then he goes all, like, you know, introspective to, and to goes the, join a monastery or whatever. Monastery, after, yeah, yeah. And, and then they're all celebrating when he's leaving. <laughs> right. He's like, you have reached enlightenment. He's like, well, where's my medallion of enlightenment? <laughs> Here, take mine. This <laughs> took That's you right. 64 years of... A vow of silence to attain. It's okay. I don't like it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can get sick of it pretty quickly. Uh, the same object. Yeah, growing day in day out. Growing up, my uh, my great uncle had a pet raccoon. Like, I got to remember being like four years old, getting to wrestle with it, you know, on his lawn. Oh, that's cool. That must have been interesting. Yeah, what what is that like? Well, I mean, it was fun as a four-year-old. Thing ended up getting a little uh, squirrely and bit my aunt. So, oh, shit. So my uncle got rid of it, but yeah. Yeah. No. Did it ever scratch you? No, no. Not bite or anything? I mean, not that I remember. I just remember rolling around with it, giggling my ass off. That's uh, hilarious. Uh, yeah. I could see you doing that. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was like a big kitten, almost. I know. dig that uh, raccoon on the fucking, what was that, that Marvel thing? What was oh, that? yeah. The fit? What was that? Yeah, Garden, Guardians of the Galaxy. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly because I love Bradley Cooper. Rocket. Bradley Cooper is awesome. Yeah. And, yeah, that character has a sad story. Yeah, I want to I wanna actually get Bradley Cooper on the podcast if we can, because I think he, like, he would have a, like he has a, like a culinary background thing. Oh no shit! Doesn't he like he he does a lot of movies in that genre? And then he um he also like is part of he was part of that series that he. I want to ask him some questions about that series, the Kitchen Confidential series. Or wait, was it Kitchen Confidential? No, it wasn't Kitchen Confidential. It was um oh wait maybe it was because it was based on the book of uh, Anthony Bourdain, hmm. and he played Chef Bourdain. I vaguely remember that. I didn't. Yeah, he I it, he I had a different it. he had a different first name. It's hilarious. Like I love that show. Oh it had like Harold from Harold and Kumar in it. Maybe I did. And see it had like this really funny like Australian dude or all Australians are funny. Yeah, <laughs> or for, maybe he was from New Zealand or maybe some like even some UK part even like the, that accent. No. Oh no. <laughs> Speaking of which, you want to pull up that clip you had of that Australian reporter? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, speaking of speaking of governments, got a little clip from uh, Australian news. Breaking news in regards to uh, the dude that just got voted in in Argentina for president, Javier Malay. Looks like a total nut job, but like. Totally just sticking it to people. Uh, yeah, this news 
This little clip is called Into the Belly of the Beast. Javier Malay pulls a Ricky Gerv- a, pulls a quote Ricky Gervais at World Economic Forum. President of Argentina, who gave the World Economic Forum a lot more than they were bargaining for when he addressed their conference at Davos. Uh, the uh, South America's answer to Donald Trump, he gave it to Klaus Schwab and his henchmen with both barrels. He told them that the West was abandoning freedom for socialism, which he warned only ever produces poverty and piles of corpses. Then he slammed radical feminism for its gender quotas. He slammed the environmental movement for demonizing human beings. He slammed universities and media for promoting social justice, which he told them typically ends with injustice. And then he concluded by telling them he had come to invite the Western world to return to freedom, economic prosperity, and limited government. Have a listen to how he concluded. Do not be intimidated, intimidated either by the political class or by parasites who live off the state. Do not surrender to a political class that only wants to stay in power and retain its privileges. Do not surrender to the advance of the state. The state is not the solution. The state is the problem itself. You are the true protagonists of this story. And rest assured that as from today, Argentina is your staunch, unconditional ally. Thank you very much and long live freedom. Damn it. Nice. Only freedom. Damn it. This, could this guy get any better? That's awesome. He must have been squirming in his seat. Absolutely. Malay literally climbed. Yeah. Fucking word. I, I can appreciate that because for those of you who aren't aware of this thing going down in Argentina, um, we talk often on the podcast about um, how government will spend its way to oblivion and that's what happened essentially it borrowed and spent its way to oblivion and its people its middle class are now suffering as a result just like every other time in history you can look it up sounds familiar yep very familiar this is what happens and that's are just argentina and so they're on the list of you know zimbabwe was one uh venezuela was another and this is just in the recent decade or so you know, so this these things happen. You know, the, I real I love so Mike Maloney. I played his his thing, which by the way was from Mike Maloney's Hidden Secrets of Money, episode nine. Um, definitely check that shit out. But um, what he would do at his talks, his seminars and and workshops and things like when he would go to these conferences and give presentations, he would pass out free hundred trillion. Uh, dollar uh, uh, Venezuela currency notes. 100 trillion. 100 trillion on them. Now imagine that. And and it's not impossible, folks. Like this is something that is very real. And what can you buy with that 100 trillion dollars? That won't even buy a cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Not even a single cup of coffee. So something to think about. Like it's like we've never really been hit with such a massive shock wave in our recent memories so we simply don't really have a way to even fathom what that's like working your whole life in a very specific class of currency very specific units very specific you can only pay your taxes in these units right very specific like liquidity preferences Mm. is another word for it because 
just like Bitcoin. This is why Bitcoin is such a big deal and all the other cryptos that are out there. There's hundreds, literally hundreds um, of cryptocurrencies. Oh, yeah. And it's becoming its own thing. Those don't even include the government ones. And these are becoming very sexy for businesses to uh, sign on to those platforms for, you know, those, you know, the whole making the whole system run, which does run on a, 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 a it's called a, a, it's like types of digital ledger technology. Mm. You know, um, it's, it's like another way of thinking of the internet itself. Um, where it's in the network itself. It's like a, um, it, it's updating itself in microseconds. So it can't actually be destroyed. Like, you can't, I, you can't just crash a server because it's always going to be on all the servers at once, but nowhere in particular. Okay. Kind of like the fungus in yep. a way. Yep. So it's like, it's, 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 um, you know, open source type technology. It's ubiquitous that, to the internet. Yes. Yeah. And whatever, whatever is operating like on that. And a lot of those like Bitcoin specifically, uh, miners are solving very, very complex mathematical problems. And what they're solving is, um, each transaction in the system that is earning Bitcoin into existence. Um, but it uses a heaping amount of energy to slow the system down enough so that when it forks and people get the right answer at the same time, that's when the system starts to like, you know, you have to go deeper and deeper in, in the math. And it takes a tremendous amount of energy and yeah. these supercomputers do that. Them. Yeah. yeah. So it has its flaws. It has its pros and cons. And it's all very crazy. And, and Mike Maloney's episode eight in Hidden Secrets of Money does break this down very, very well. Um, he talks about Hedera Hashgraph as well, mm. um, which was my gateway to Hidden Forces, which also talks about it a lot too um with dimitri kafinas but anyway um my point is that it's really sexy for businesses to get on board with because it actually takes out the middleman and the middleman is the credit card companies that actually skim prosperity hmm. yeah out of the merchants uh bottom line because they charge of uh, a nominal fee for transactions yep. so not nominal excuse me it's, it's like three percent per yeah transaction it's yeah. a percentage yeah yeah typically i think three <clears throat> so so this is um an example of what this thing is it's much much bigger than we realize um venezuela uh, zimbabwe and now argentina um are starting to read the writing on the wall pretty quickly. And if, if you guys, you guys, all of you, please, your homework, check out Hidden Secrets of Money if you want to learn more about this. Mike Maloney does an excellent job, um, breaking this stuff down, redefining money versus currency, yeah. understanding dynamics of how currency is created through the system of borrowing our concept of money being borrowed into existence or currency being borrowed into existence, like it starts to kind of reframe your context a little bit. So I think that's important going into the new world because we're creating it folks. Like we are creating this new world. You know, we're co-creating it. I mean, scarily enough, the future is now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, uh, 
thank you folks for listening. I um, genuinely appreciate these uh, conversations and um, thank you all for sticking with us. And, you know, uh, it was a bit of a hefty episode. You know, it's a, it's not a light topic. You know? Yeah, we, we covered a lot of ground. I'm actually really, um, I'm uh, happy of how much ground we actually created, covered, um, and paved way for future conversations. I think this is a good, good base to launch from. We'll, and we'll definitely try and add a little more levity in the <laughs> in the the preceding ones. Oh yeah, more than Jim Carrey or a president yeah. that's r- r- yeah. Didn't you say he's like he's been, this guy in Argentina got who's now part of this uh, movement, this uprise, like beginning. This is the beginning of it, and like waving a chainsaw. Oh yeah, in like the crowd, during like, his <laughs> during his like campaign. Yeah, he's like standing there, fucking like. Laughing his ass off, like surrounded by people, just waving a chainsaw. Like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, fucking wrap your head around that. It's yeah. like, again, Trump was kind of our first like bubble pop. Like, and I'm not a Trump supporter necessarily. Like, I, I, I don't really. Again, the whole pol- political system until that stuff changes, I won't actually put any true depth of knowledge into like energy of like me ho- hoping that the government's going to actually save us. The government can't save you us. Know, it's like voting for prom king. It's, it's fucking <laughs> bullshit. You know? like, like, Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of what it is, man. It's a popularity contest. Uh, yeah, it really is. Um, you know, to quote Doug Stanhope, you know, Oh, got yeah, had our first black president. Is that progress? No. Trivia. It's like it's like having your first midget bullfighter. Does it do anything? No. Like it's like how about how about we just get the best person for the job? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I agree, but it's also like I think I could see that like subdivisive mentality of like seeing it as progress because it's becoming it's showing that we we have potential to become more open-minded than we really are. Well, but, yeah, I mean. But it takes more than just thinking it. You got to do it. You got to follow through and look that person in the eye and nod at their skin color first. Yeah, yeah. You know, like look at them in the eye and really get to know them before you draw any conclusions or any assumptions about them. Because that's really the whole point. Anyway, the whole prejudice thing, fucking God. I like, mean. You know, you've seen that show Masked Singer or, uh, I forget. No, The Voice. That's what it is. Where, like, you know, the person, they can't see the, the person singing, but, you know, they, they either decide whether they're, you know, talented or not. And then they spin the chair around and then they get to see the person. And, like, you know, sometimes it's, you know, like a fucking, troll of a human being but they're like oh my god uh, oh wow you had an amazing voice right you know, it's like right it's like right politics would almost run better if it was done like that you know <laughs> yeah well it's like i know i've mentioned drunks uh an often uh an awful lot on this episode specifically i don't usually mention him or refer to him but Lao Tzu, who was basically drunks was like 
he inherit Jung So inherited that um sort of um I want to call it mastership. Mm, the that, lineage that under that understanding of yeah, Tao yeah. and um what it means um for the individual and in the Tao Te Ching, mm. for example, they um Lao Tzu it's been translated now at this point. Like we still don't really have a full unpacking of yeah. what this what this book actually represents, but we have a pretty good idea um and a lot of heart behind it. And it basically if you had governments that actually were behind the scenes, none of those factors would be a thing. Because the group field would dictate what happens. Yeah. And it's not about an individual party or entity that's actually doing the governing. Well, I mean, you can, I think, I think some people would argue that we do have, we do have a government behind the government, you know, uh, whether you want to refer to it as the deep state or the shadow government or whatever you want to call it. It's and like that's why it's called the people who, our quote-unquote elected officials actually take their orders from you know i see what you're saying yeah and but like the reason why it's actually called dao du ching mm. is because it's the it's translated as the book of the virtuous way so to be truly virtuous is to not sing virtue yeah, yeah. right it's like like you always say it's the truly real, virtuous don't need to signal exactly no. so trying to wrap our heads around that more too like if we truly want to become more empowered let maybe start by letting go of that image of it first because there's a difference between thinking it knowing it and then actually doing it oh yeah it's work to do it yeah. and this is my contention is that work and oh i was gonna bring on oh there's a book i'm reading dude and it has this section on work, and maybe that'll be our next episode, actually, is work. What's the title of the book? Um, it's called The Prophet <laughs> by Khalil Gibran. And the it's really kind of like cryptic and esoteric and very like fluffy in its language, like a philo philo very philosophical book. This is like more kind of wavy but also dense than even like if you were to just pick up Tao Te Ching and read it. Okay. And I mean Tao, know, Tao Te Ching is a quick read. It's, it's not necessarily razor thin. This is even thinner than that. Okay. So this is like one of those books that like it's mostly a kind of a poetic rhetoric mm -hmm. of what the way is and um, it has this section on work that it really resonates and it's, it's kind of all about like under first you got to like understand like what love is like understand what love is, then work your way into like relationship of how to apply your love. Then you look at, Oh, how do I broaden that beyond just love? And you just keep compounding this to the point where you end up where you really are just, you're just working. Like you're, you're just working the whole time.
but you're working towards something. You're working towards something that's beyond yourself because it's actually greater than the sum of those parts to begin with, you know? So it's like that reflective kind of process, but it's actually like you can't even really realize you're doing it because you're just so, um, you know, swept in to, to just the work. Once you start kind of getting over that hurdle of like, not necessarily work ethic, like you don't really need work ethic. You just need to be willing to love something, care about something, like truly, um, truly apply ourselves yeah. to what we're doing. I mean, it, you, you kind of see that philosophy, you know, ring true with, you know, people that become unexpected parents, you know, like they either, either they become shitty unexpected parents or, or they get their act together and, you know, they, they, you know, pull miracles out of their ass to, you know, provide and be a good parent and you know mm. they do it you know like you said not necessarily because they had that work ethic to begin with mm-hmm. but they do it because they love something that much you know exactly yeah and they don't need to be necessarily be seen doing it mm. this is part of why government is so futile because unless you're willing to truly do the work why don't you go back in line Go at the back of the line. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Go back to the line. You got to relearn this lesson <laughs> and grow the fuck up, people, right? Adults. Can you imagine true adults raising children? You know, that's kind of my that's kind of my piece that I'm going to leave with because I'm all about trying to do better for myself. I take a lot of pride in that. When I see my other fellow humanity that's I can have a, I just have a feeling that they're not putting in their best effort kind of puts a chip on my shoulder, but then it goes back to like, don't do it to know that other people are going to get it as long as you get it. And that's where like, I'm right back in. I'm focused on what, just what I'm doing and how I'm applying my love to what I'm doing. Yep. So well put. Thanks. Well, I am loving what I'm doing, and uh, that makes a big difference, doesn't it? Oh, for sure, dude! It's a game changer. Hmm. I mean, legit. Like, I got a whiff of the magic about four years ago, and I have been that's chasing. A good, that's a good title for this episode. I've been chasing my fucking farts and butthole <laughs> and my tail ever since, to the point where now I'm so, I'm now like kind of like I stopped spinning, and I've recognized what's happened just in that tornado of whatever, that cyclone of events. And now it's like, oh, that's what I'm actually doing. Mm-hmm. So it's that I'm, I'm growing up is what's happening. Like I had a, I have a learning disability. I grew up with one. I had parents that are fucking naive as shit. <laughs> like Bless super, their hearts. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. I Don't get me wrong. Totally, like I totally. love... I, unconditionally like how could you not right yeah, like we yeah. all do it on some level that's why we're hurt by them so deeply i mean even like truly abused children still for some reason find an ability to love their parents yeah yeah some some, some anyway of course not, how could not you all. not you're right. a helpless child right right <laughs> like clinging to anything to <laughs> keep you floating you basically come into this world with stockholm syndrome 
Yes, <laughs> for sure. You know? And then feeding off of your parents' Stockholm syndrome yeah, yeah, yeah. or any of your other, mem- you know, fellow, you know, people you look up to, yeah. right? Like if you look up to somebody, that changes your outlook. And I think that, you know, we're not expected as infants to really proclaim that for ourselves, right? So that's not really the message either. The message is that like, give yourself the time to learn these things and maybe be a child and live that to it's just because for the sake of doing it who the fuck cares like i encourage on top of hidden secrets of money within within certain reasonable consequences you know <laughs> of course yeah yeah like but like if we don't outlive our childhood we'll never grow up huh? that's that's all like that's kind of what i mean like we have to be able to let that out, you know? A yeah. caterpillar only becomes a butterfly when it becomes a larva. Like that that stage that's next in line for its development. Right? It's pretty crazy to think about, but yeah. Yeah. A butterfly doesn't happen if those conditions aren't in place, the right nutrients, temperature. Time. Time. Nope. And little does the butterfly know that that's a cultivated process. Um, both in combination with itself and its decisions for what it was faced with and what that, what that nourishment was as a product of its own environment. Um, sorry, I'm getting a little esoteric myself. I'm feeling the bug a little bit. Fucking great talking with you, bro. I can't seem to shut it off. We don't miss you. It's, it's been too long. Uh, that too. Uh, but. It's just great to see you again, brother. Cheers. Likewise. We want to end with a little bit of a, a uh, some some light lighthearted comedy. <laughs> Always. Oh shit! All right, here we go. I think I think we got it. Let's see. Excuse me, excuse me, senor. May I speak to you, please? I asked for a Mai Tai, and they brought me a pina colada, and I said, no salt, no salt for the margarita, but it had salt on it. Again, I won't be leaving a tip, because I can, I can shut this whole resort down. Sir, <laughs> I had to take my traveler's check to a competing resort. I had to write a letter. You are for the tourism, and I could have this place condemned. I could put, I could put strychnine in the guacamole. There was salt on the glass, big grains of salt. <laughs> oh, there was salt on the glass, big grains of salt. Thank you, Milton, <laughs> and thank you, Mike Judge, yeah. for your brilliant, brilliant uh, creations. Real, yeah, true, yeah. True social commentary. And have best. you had a chance to check out his? Uh, Mike Judge's uh, Tales on the Tour Bus no, series. No, yeah. Do you have Hulu? Yeah. Pretty sure it's on Hulu. You should check it out. Okay. Dude, you'd love it yeah. because it's awesome. It's, it's like a cartoon version of a documentary. So he, he, but each episode is its own documentary on a musician or a famous person that has like a big story to tell. 
and it's like 45 minutes long i believe each episode so it's like it's re- but it's really well done it's awesome and and good mike judge style I'm, oh I'm yeah guessing, you know. well it's mike judge narrating this thing and he did he do the writing or i'm sure he he wrote the general concept of the th- of the stuff and wrote the questions and and all of that like but it's, he, it's his baby in for his, sure in his sense of humor in his ilk yes okay yeah so like yeah. he brings out like his is uh just that flair yeah. that taste of like <laughs> 37 pieces of yeah it. but like it's you have to just watch it i'm, I'm never going to be able to do it a justice because the people he chooses to do these stories on are like they're just such a character man like they're fucking awesome huh. i kind of want to watch it right now um just to like get that back and i'm actually hoping to go see my family again usually me, me, me and ben We'll watch it together, me and Benji. I'll have to check that out probably tonight, actually. I was looking for something new to watch. Yeah, dude, check it out. It's pretty awesome. And check out Hidden Secrets of Money, too. Oh. It's some fucking I've dope, dope shit. Watched a little of it without you, but not too much. Yeah, I like to binge it when I'm like trying to get shit done. So I've seen it like hundreds of times at this point. And the beauty is it's like, regardless throughout the years of revisiting it going back to it like it makes even more and more sense like the more the dots start to connect and And it's one of those things that is so information dense that you're probably not gonna most people aren't gonna catch it all in one go exactly yeah Yeah. i have to watch especially episode four which is really technical but he boils it down in the simplest way where like he even created a poster out of it it's like it's just a visual like step one through nine of how currency is created in the system. And it's just really, really accessible and comprehensive. Um, just fucking awesome. So it, it, he helped me a ton understand it better. Um, so I encourage anybody to check that shit out. And again, I'll, I'll check it out because like you said, I'll, I'll only catch little takeaways. Yeah. You know, little Especially nuggets. depending on, a, you know, what you're doing while you're listening to it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm also the type of guy that'll throw on what I've seen already a hundred times Man. while in the background while I'm doing something Man. just to like anchor my, like kind of pace myself a little better. Well, yeah. it gives, gives you something you can, you can, you know, decide whether or not you want to pay attention to it moment to moment. You know, exactly. It doesn't end up being, you know, you're not studying for a test. You know? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. No one's going to test these things on you. you. The only one who'll do that is you. Um, again, if you love it, if you if it, if you enjoy it, then uh, why the fuck not? Nobody porks you like you. That's right. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, stay warm. You as well, sir. Kind of frigid out there. Sure is. Yeah. Nice, nice in here, though. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I shout enjoy out, it. Shout out, Benji. <laughs> fuck that, yeah. That oh, my God, dude. Speaking of which, yeah. Fucking, see, this is why I've kind of been... Um, on the down on myself is like trying to get this up and running. Meanwhile, getting like working myself to death to the point where I get sick and I throw my upper back out and spraying my neck and like have to go on antibiotics to like fight off an infection of whatever kind that's with my fucking throat deal. Um, that inner ear mm-hmm. shit that I've mentioned previously, but it's like, so preoccupied with all that that I haven't had a chance to go help him with his shit. 
So that's speaking of uh, inner ear stuff and infections. I was at a I was at a convenience store and I go in there and the only two people in there are two of the guys that work there. And as I walk in, one of them saying to the guy, the one mopping is saying to the one behind the register, he's like, well, have you got it checked? Have you got it looked at? He's like, no, I'm gonna. It, it wasn't really that bad until last week. And, you know, as, as I turn and look at him, the dude's right side of his neck is like bulge, like oh fucking three inches out and like you know like it's like this and dude you need a doctor yeah i'm like <laughs> I, I walk up to the register, i'm like yeah what's going on there uh, I, you know I, I had to ask and he's like oh i got an ear infection and i think it spread I'm like it, thinking to myself it fucking did something like yeah dude oh man gets it get him an iv yeah, I mean it. It didn't. It didn't even look like something you could lance. You know, it wasn't like a goiter or anything. It was, dude. That's freaky. It was like his whole fucking right side of his neck was just swollen. Dude, like, I know I'm we're like, weird creatures. He's like, I'm worried it's going to close off my jugular. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you should probably get that checked out. You know, <laughs> right? Oh, like, I'm not a doctor, but yeah, you fuck, yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm hearing more and more about antibiotics not working on us, which is real fucked. And this goes back to like how like the ethics around like our agriculture. Yeah. Like, so much antibiotics in our food. That, that the more we eat those, mm -hmm. the more resistant we're becoming to antibiotics. So yeah. remember this, folks. We are what we eat. <laughs> and we are what we ate. Asshole. Eats. We are what we ate. We are, eats. We are our food's food. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all the way down, all the way down. So, turtles all the way down. Fuck yeah, brother. Sir. All right. Till next time. Love you, folks. Love you, man. Love you too, sir. Cheers. Peace. Peace.